Can we give him praise this evening? Come on, let's lift up a high praise unto the Lord tonight. Let's praise him for his mighty acts. Let's praise him according to his excellent greatness. Oh, it is a good thing to give praise unto God. It is a good thing to give praise unto God. It is a good thing to give praise unto God. Oh, hallelujah. I wonder if we could just do that right now. Just lift up your hands unto the Lord. Forget about the pressures of life that surround you and just say, Lord, I lift your name. I praise you and I worship you. Lord, I've stepped into this house to give you all praise and honor for you alone are worthy of the praise. I magnify your name. I glorify your name. We worship you and adore you. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord our God. It feels good to praise God. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. I want to thank everybody for being here on this midweek Wednesday night. I want to give a, a great big shout out to Sister Barrett. God bless her from Cypress Gold Fellowship in Orlando, Florida. Amen. This, amen, of course, is Sister uh, Caitlin Kovach's mother, and uh, she and Pastor Barrett are doing such a great work in uh, Orlando, and uh, of course, uh, we know that, uh, we know she came to see us, but uh, she also came to see Sister Caitlin, Brother Tyler, and baby Elias, amen, a big drawing card. We're so grateful to have her here in Cincinnati, and we're grateful for everyone that is here tonight, and I'm thankful that Jesus is in the house. I can feel the presence of the Lord in this place, amen. I would like to uh, speak to you tonight. Uh, on the subject of righteousness, subject of righteousness. Everybody say righteousness. It's a tremendous uh, topic. And before I do, let me, just, let me just say again just how grateful we are to each and every one of you for the love you have shown us over the last uh, several days, yesterday and, of course, over the weekend. Uh, as you know, our daughter has, was married. Uh, she married a wonderful young man, but she got married nonetheless. And uh, that, of course, is a, uh, that's a unique challenge all its own. Uh, but Tree of Life Church, you all are just the absolute best. Uh, we thank you for your kindness to us and uh, for, for showing us your love in unique ways as we have, as we have um, uh, gone through this change in uh, our particular journey. Uh, but we're thankful for all that the Lord has done, and we're just blessed with the, the best church. Are you grateful to be a part of Tree of Life Church? I'm grateful to be a part of Tree of Life Church. Amen. There's no, there's no place like Tree of Life, and I honor you and thank God for you. Tonight, we're going to be uh, speaking about the subject of righteousness, and um, I want to begin by reading from the book of Romans, chapter 1. Because this subject is an important one. Uh, it's one of those words that, that uh, kind of animates from the scriptures. And when it does, we kind of know what it means, or at least we think we know what it means. And it, it comes to us and we, and we say, I want to be righteous. I want to be holy. I want to be godly. I want to be pure in heart. We want to be several of these things. And, uh, and, and we kind of lump them all in together many times and not considering the fact that these are different, uh, different uh, realities and different words with different meanings. And uh, from the book of Romans chapter 1 verse 16, the word of the Lord says this, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation. What is? The gospel of Christ is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. In the gospel of Christ is the righteousness of God revealed. 
Now, the root word of the word righteousness is, of course, right. If you thought that righteousness had to do with being right, you are right. Right is the root word of the word righteousness. It has to do with living right, talking right, acting right, being right, being right with God, particularly. Righteous. But what is it? Where is it? How does it come about? The scripture says, within and therein, the gospel of Christ is the righteousness of God revealed. The righteousness of God is not revealed in my good behavior or your good behavior. But the righteousness of God is revealed within the gospel of Jesus Christ. The righteousness of God is not revealed when I do everything I'm supposed to do. The righteousness of God is revealed within the gospel of Christ. The gospel of Christ is the power of God unto salvation. So it's very important that we understand this and that we take the time to consider the fact that righteousness is not something that comes from us. But righteousness is something that comes to us from the Lord. I want to uh, talk to you just a little bit about the concept of the benefits of righteousness. The Bible makes it abundantly clear that it is beneficial to be righteous. The Bible describes that the righteous shall shine forth as the sun. This is a reference to the fact that there will be no night to overtake you in the eternal things. This is a reference to the fact that when death, hell, and the grave have all passed away, the righteous will not pass away. In fact, the scripture speaks of the fact that the fine linen worn by Jesus Christ as he comes in on that, on that great and last day, he'll be wearing the fine linen, which is the righteousness of the saints. The righteousness of the saints is a reference to their eternality, to their forever being and their long-lasting nature. The fact that they will have, over, have victory over death, victory over hell, victory over the grave. Righteousness. Not only is righteousness beneficial in terms of everlasting life, but righteousness is beneficial here and now. There are blessings that come upon the righteous. One of the first and foremost that I would like to mention, James chapter 5, teaches us how to, how to pray. James chapter 5 and verse 16 teaches us to confess our faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. There's so many things to be said about that statement. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Number one, effectual and fervent. Prayer is not to be something that is, that is passive and dismissive, something that is uh, just sort of a complacent thing, but it is to be fervent. And by being fervent, it is effectual. And, and it is prayed, when prayed by a righteous individual, it avails much. That many times really complicates it for people because a lot of people simply don't see themselves as being righteous. Or maybe they do. And that is the problem. Because you and I do not have righteousness in and of ourselves. We are not the arbiters of whether or not we are righteous people. Righteousness is bestowed upon us by the Lord, not something that we assume for ourselves. And so it is interesting because of the fact that that uh, this righteousness is not something that you can develop in and of yourselves. It's like humility. Brother Tenney said about humility, it's that, it's that unique virtue that the moment you know you've got it, you don't. 
Righteousness is the same way unless you really truly understand the origin of righteousness. If you are accurately qualified to be called righteous, it ought to be the most humbling thing you've ever been told or understood. It ought to absolutely shake you to your core that you have been accurately qualified to be labeled as a righteous individual. You and I are not worthy of that description to be called righteous. Oh, that's a righteous man. I can't say that of people. I can't say that of myself. You can't say that of me. You can't say that of others. We don't know the heart of an individual. But God is able to determine who is and who is not righteous because God knows the heart of an individual. And so righteousness is not something that can come from us. It comes to us from the Lord. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 3, I'm going to read uh, just a few verses of Scripture here. Galatians chapter 3 verse number uh, 6 says this, Even as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Notice what happened there. Abraham believed God. He trusted God and he obeyed God. That's what him believing God meant. Not that he just heard what God said and said, that sounds right. I agree with that. No, no, no. Him believing God meant when God said, leave your father's house, leave your father's kindred, go to the land which I will show you. Abraham got up and obeyed the Lord, trusting in his holy word. And did what the Lord told him to do. He trusted him and he obeyed him. That is what Abraham believing God meant. And the Bible says God accounted it to him for righteousness. I want you to see what occurred there. Abraham merely, Abraham merely trusted God and obeyed God. He was not what you and I would call righteous. He didn't have all of his I's dotted, all of his T's crossed. He didn't have all of his, of his godly grammar correct, if you please. He did, didn't qualify as to how we might describe the qualifications of the righteous. But he trusted the word of God and he obeyed the word of God and the Lord accounted it to him for righteousness. In other words, God said that to me, is righteousness. Now, he might not fit your description of righteousness, but you don't get to define righteousness. God defines righteousness because God alone is righteous. And any person that is deemed to be righteous, it is the Lord who confers it upon that person. It is the Lord who imputes it to that person. It is the Lord that accounts it to that person. And I want you to understand that as far as the world goes, the only person who actually did achieve righteousness is the man Christ Jesus. This is why Jude referred to him as, as the Lord Jesus Christ, the only wise God and Savior, the, the, the Jesus Christ, the righteous. The righteous. He is the righteous. When the Bible refers to the righteous, it's referring to the man Christ Jesus. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God unto salvation. Therein is the righteousness of God revealed. The righteousness of God is not revealed within the life story of Joel Urshan. The righteousness of God is revealed within the gospel of Jesus Christ. If Joel Urshan attains unto any righteousness, it is because there was a trust in God, an obedience unto his word, and it was accounted unto us for righteousness. It is Jesus in us and us in Jesus that makes us righteous. Hallelujah. And our faith in him, Galatians chapter 3, verse 7. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. In the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen. That's who you are. That's who I am. We're the heathen. I said, we're the heathen. We like to call ourselves the saints. That's after the mercy and the grace of God. But before he found us, we're the heathen. And without his blood, we're still the heathen. 
Without His Spirit, we're the heathen. Without His grace, we're the heathen. This is why you and I, when we hear somebody say that that this is a righteous man or a righteous person, it ought to humble us to our core because it is only by the mercy and the grace of God that anything of that nature can be said about us. Oh, hallelujah. And so he goes on to say, The scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith preached before the gospel unto Abraham saying in thee shall all nations be blessed. Abraham established a precedent that by believing God and trusting his word, obeying his word, righteousness would be counted unto him. I love that word accounted. Unto him for righteousness. God just said, all right, that's, 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 that's good enough. That's righteousness. I'm going to make that righteousness. I'm just going to count it unto him for righteousness. That's like, that's like when, when I take the shot and, 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 and take a three-point shot and my foot's on the line, but I did my best and I tossed it up. And it, and it rolled around and it, and it went in. It was really a two-pointer, but, but my dad said, you know what? You know what? I'm going to go ahead and count it as three-pointer. What Abraham did was amazing. It was great. But, but what Abraham did should not have qualified as righteousness. There's nothing he did, nothing you can do, nothing I can do that should ever qualify us for righteousness. And God looks upon the situation and upon the heart and looks upon our matter and says, I counted unto you for righteousness. You trusted, you obeyed, you, you did what I told you to do. I count it unto you for righteousness because you did it by faith. There isn't anything you've ever done that should allow you or I into that glorious place we call heaven. Nothing. You say, well, I've repented of my sins. It's the sin that, that, that damns us and condemns us. The fact that we can repent from it is merely the mercy of the Lord. Well, I've been baptized in Jesus' name. And so I've, my sins are remitted. Are you hearing yourself? It is the mercy of God that there's even a name of Jesus you can be baptized into. It's not your works of righteousness that have saved you. It is his great name that has saved you. It is his mercy that has saved you. It is his grace that has saved you. Well, I've been filled with the Holy Ghost. I spoke in tongues. Again, the fact that you can say that, there's a way of salvation. There's a way of escape. This is all God's doing, not yours, not mine. God's doing. My goodness, I've done my best. I've tried my best, but my best still falls short. I've chucked up the three-pointer, had my foot on the line. I I, I barely got it in the hoop. Sometimes it clanked, it bricked, and clanked out of bounds. And the Lord is looking at all my efforts and saying, Joel, you're trusting me. You're obeying my word. You're doing what I told you to do. I'm counting it unto you for righteousness. Now, he knows your heart. That doesn't mean that you can disobey him and it be counted unto you for righteousness. That doesn't mean that you can doubt him and it be counted unto you for righteousness. It doesn't mean that you can ignore his commandments and it be counted unto you for righteousness. It's it's your feeble flesh coming into a position that says, God, I don't know how to do this right. And I, I, I I don't know all there is to know. But your word tells me to repent of my sins. So I'm going to turn from my sins. And your word tells me to be baptized in your name. I'm going to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Your word tells me that that, that I shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost and that a man must be born again of the water and of the Spirit. So I'm going to believe that you'll fill me with the Holy Ghost and receive it as a promise of God. And your word describes that I'll speak in tongues when I receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So Lord, I'm going to believe that and receive that in your precious name. And, and, And ladies and gentlemen, all of this, you can never 
begin to think that any of these things are the reasons that righteousness is bestowed upon you. You must understand that it is by the mercy and the grace of God that these things are available to you. And you should always walk humbly before the Lord your God that he would give you a way of escape from the condemnation that rests upon every person. Never should we look down our nose at anybody. Ever, 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 ever. Never should we look at someone as inferior to us because we have this truth and someone else may not understand this truth. We should never look upon them as inferior to us because it is only by God's grace that we have access to the beautiful truth of salvation. Oh, hallelujah. Look with me to the book of Titus chapter 3. What he says to this man, Titus chapter 3. Listen, verse 1. Put them in mind. To be subject to principalities and powers. To obey magistrates. To be ready to every good work. He's talking about being a good citizen. He's telling you to be subject to principalities and powers. And to obey magistrates. And to be ready to every good work. Notice what he said. To speak evil of no man. Don't speak evil of any man. Don't be a brawler. Be gentle. Showing all meekness unto all men. For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish. Here it is. Don't be a brawler. Don't speak evil of any man. Show meekness unto all men. Be subject to principalities and powers. Obey magistrates. Be ready to every good work. Why? Because you also were sometimes foolish. You were also sometimes disobedient. You also were sometimes deceived. You also were sometimes serving diverse lusts and pleasures. You were living in malice and you were living in envy. You were hateful. You were hating one another. He is telling you, stop brawling with a fallen world. It shocks me sometimes how Christian believers can be so surprised at sinners being sinful. As, at sinners who, who don't act like Christians. At sinners who, who don't act like they're living in the faith. Because they're not living in the faith. And so they serve diverse lusts. They serve diverse pleasures. They act like they're deceived because they are deceived. They act disobedient and they are disobedient. They act foolish because they're they're in foolishness. They live in malice. They live in envy. They live in hatefulness. They live in hating one another. And so did you. And verse number four said, but after that, the kindness and love of God, our Savior, toward man appeared. You know one of the reasons why you mistreat people of the world who live in sin and you mistreat them and are surprised by how sinful they act, many times it's because you think you did some of this saving for yourself. Sometimes it's because you, pulled your, you think you pulled yourself out of the miry clay. Well, I had to pull myself up by the bootstraps. I had to get my act together. I had to, I had to get myself collected. And no, 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 you need to get back to an old-fashioned altar. And realize he picked me up out of a miry clay. I couldn't pull bootstraps up if I wanted to pull bootstraps up. He lifted me. Hallelujah. From sinking sand he lifted me. With tender hand he lifted me. With outstretched arms he lifted me. Do this for myself. I said, I did not do this for myself. When I was unlovable, he loved me. When I was in sin, he died for me. When I was ungodly, he gave himself for me at the cross. It's easy for me to expect certain things from people who have, are unregenerate, from people who do not have the gift of the Holy Ghost, from people who are not washed in the blood of the Lamb, from people who are not justified or sanctified. They're lost. They don't need a lecture. They need love of God. We ourselves also were sometimes foolish. We ourselves also were sometimes disobedient. We were deceived. We served diverse lusts and pleasures. 
living in malice and envy and hatred. We were hating one another, but after that, the kindness and love of God, our Savior toward man appeared. Notice what he said, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. This is a faithful saying. These things I will that thou affirm constantly that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable unto men. Oh, I love that passage. Hallelujah. The, the, the works of righteousness which I have done, that isn't the thing that made the difference. That what made the difference was when the kindness and the love of God toward man appeared in my life. Hallelujah. I'm telling you if, you, if you erase the kindness and the love of God, all right, let's, 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 let's walk down into this dark valley for just a moment. Let's just erase for one moment the kindness, the love, the mercy of God out of the picture. And it doesn't matter if you're baptized in Jesus' name. If you erase the kindness, the love, and the mercy of God, it doesn't matter if you talk in tongues. If you erase the kindness and the love and the mercy of God, it doesn't matter if you're separate from the world. If you erase the kindness and the love and the mercy, nothing matters except that God is kind and loving and merciful to us. That's what makes baptism in his name effectual. That's what makes receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost matter. That's what makes being separate from this world worth it is that God loved us and is kind to us wasn't kind there would be no way of salvation if he wasn't kind there would be no highway called holiness if he wasn't merciful there would be no outpouring of the holy ghost it is of the lord's mercies that we are not consumed oh my lord have mercy I, that gets me every time i say it Every time I think it, every time I feel it, because I realize I am I'm merely here because he's a merciful God. And when you talk about righteousness, it is nothing that I have done that qualifies me to be called righteous. It is only because I am in Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ, who knew no sin, was made to be sin for us. Oh, hallelujah. My Lord, have mercy. The rich young ruler came to Jesus. And he said to him, what must I do to have eternal life? And Jesus said, well, how about those ten commandments? He said, I have kept all of them from my youth until now. I'm going to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. I, I don't know that I'd feel comfortable standing in comparison to this rich young ruler. I feel, I feel like he's, I feel like I'd be way outclassed by his conduct and his character. He has kept all of them, all of them, from his youth until now. That means he hasn't killed or stolen. He hasn't borne false witness. He has coveted nothing that anyone else had. He has never committed adultery. He has never taken the name of the Lord his God in vain. He has remembered the Sabbath and has kept it holy. He has had no gods before him. He has made unto him no graven image. This man has dotted his I's, has crossed his T's. He has kept the law from his youth until now. But here's the thing about the law. It is perfect until it begins to filter through the flesh of man. The Bible says the law was weak through the flesh, it was weak. 
Because even though the flesh could keep the letter of the law, the flesh could not keep the spirit of the law. So while this rich young ruler never killed anybody, I don't know that I can say he never hated anybody. While, while, while he can say that he never committed adultery, I don't know that I can say that he, he never lusted in his heart after a woman. I don't know. I don't know. But what I do know is that he had kept all of the law from his youth until now, and he still wasn't ready for eternal life. And he was seeking, I've done it all. I've done everything I was supposed to do. Now, now, now what do I do to be ready for eternal life? And Jesus said, sell everything you have. And give to the poor. And now we can, we can stomp our feet and holler and shout and scream about how that rich young ruler didn't really have it in his heart. But who among us has sold all we have and given it to the poor? But Jesus said, if you want the law of God to operate fully in your members, you've got to get a hold of the spirit of the law, which isn't just about not killing someone. It's about loving someone the way you love yourself. It's not just about, it's not, just about not committing the physical act of adultery. It is, it is refraining from coveting what is not yours and, 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 and not looking upon a woman to lust after her. It, it's not just about not stealing. It's, it's about not coveting. And, and, and he said it's, it's about doing good to your fellow man. It's, it's about loving people and, 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 and doing unto others as you would have them do unto you. There's, there's a righteousness involved with the law. Hallelujah. And, and Jesus fulfilled not only the letter of the law, but he fulfilled the spirit of the law. There was no sin in him. There was no sin in Jesus Christ. There was no sin in his members. There was no sin in his motives. There was no sin in the way he treated people. There was no sin in the way he conducted himself. There was no sin in his words. There was no sin in his interactions. There, were no, there was no sin in his agenda. There was no sin in Jesus Christ. Therefore, it pleased the Lord to lay upon him the iniquity of us all. Every one of us. All our iniquities were placed upon his sinless shoulders. And he took to the cross, oh hallelujah, all our sins, all our griefs, all our sickness, all our, trans our transgressions, everything we had ever said wrong, thought wrong, done wrong, acted wrong, all of our presumptuous sins, everything that we had ever done, all of the intents of our heart that were impure, he laid on him the iniquity of us all. Hallelujah. And it pleased the Lord to bruise him. Oh, hallelujah. And he could do it because he was righteous. If they had nailed me to a cross, nobody would have been saved because of it. Because my blood wasn't precious blood. My blood was like anybody else's blood. I've got sin in my record. My blood wouldn't have saved a soul. They, can, they, can, they, could, they could have beaten you. They could have smitten me. They could have afflicted us. They could have wounded and bruised us. And it wouldn't have saved anybody. Because our blood is just like the person's next to us. But his blood is precious blood. It's rare blood. It's the blood of a sinless, spotless Lamb of God who is righteous and pure and holy. Therein is the righteousness of God revealed. In the life, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is the power of God unto salvation. Oh, hallelujah. And when an individual places their faith in Him and trusts in Him and obeys Him, it is counted unto them for righteousness. Glory to God, not because they are righteous, but because he is righteous. Not because they are good, but because he is good. Not because they are holy, but because he is holy. Hallelujah. We throw these words around, 
Well, that's a godly man right there. And I get what we mean. We appreciate the example that's set. We do. We appreciate the fruits of righteousness. And we're going to get into the fruits of righteousness here in just a second. Uh, but, 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 but be careful that you understand when we're talking about a godly person this and a godly person that. The root word of all of it is God. It is his blood, his spirit, his word, his name. Hallelujah, that makes all the difference. Hallelujah, in the world. From the book of James chapter 3. From the book of James chapter 3 in verse 18, notice what it said. We're going to read verse 17. Actually, we're going to read verse 13. Amen. Who is a wise man and a dude with knowledge among you? Let him show it of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. Notice what he said. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. Whoa. Whoa. Wait a minute. If you have bitter envying. And strife in your hearts. I don't want to see a show of hands. I just want us to do a little introspection. Do I have any bitter envying or strife in my heart? If so, where did it come from? Because it did not come from above. It is earthly. It is sensual. And in case you haven't got the point, it's devilish. Bitter envying and strife. Not in my mouth. No, no, no. I would never let anybody see that. I wouldn't in a million years let you see bitter envying and strife on, on the expression of my face. Somebody gets a promotion I wanted and I'm mad at them for it. Somebody gets, gets recognized and seen. Somebody gets some kind of a bonus some kind of a advantage oh i would never in a million years let you know that that affected me he didn't say bitter envying and strife on your face bitter envying and strife in your conversation he said bitter envying and strife in your heart hidden away tucked away safe and sound where nobody but god knows it's there where did it come from it's earthly it's sensual. It is devilish. Where envying and strife is, there is confusion. I don't know if y'all are ready for this because I'm not. I, I might have to make an altar call for me. Where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. Not just a few of them. All of them. Every evil work exists where envying and strife exists but the wisdom that is from above first of all it's pure then after it's pure and you really truly understand that Christ is made unto us wisdom the wisdom that is from above is not a thing it's a person wisdom from above is Christ Christ is made unto us wisdom, redemption, sanctification, and righteousness. Righteousness is not a what is it, it's a who is it. Righteousness is a person. Wisdom that is from above is first pure. That's a reference to the, to the incarnation of God in Christ. The wisdom from above, it's God manifesting himself in flesh. Is first pure. Then, once we understand that pure wisdom is God in Christ, then it is peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated. It is full of mercy. It is full of good fruits. It is without partiality. It is without hypocrisy. And this is what I want to bring to your attention. Verse 18. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. How does the fruit of righteousness get sown? 
It is sown by them that make peace. Blessed are the peacemakers. What are you doing when you make peace? I am sowing fruit of righteousness. Fruit of righteousness. When I make peace with my brother, I am sowing fruit of righteousness. When I forgive, I'm sowing fruit of righteousness. When I love somebody, and, 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 and they haven't given me too many reasons to love them, but I love them anyway, I'm sowing the fruit of righteousness. The fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. When you make peace, you are filling the earth with the fruits of the righteousness of Almighty God. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. When you are filled with the fruit of righteousness, you begin to, it begins to come through you. Now, now I want to go back really quick, and I'm, I'm, I'm coming to a conclusion. Don't worry. But I'm, I want to take you back to Matthew chapter 5. And I want to point out just a few things. Matthew 5 and verse 3, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And I like this. I'm going to skip it and come back to it. Verse 7, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when men shall revile you, persecute you, shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Verse number 6 is different. We've seen blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are they that mourn, blessed are the meek, blessed are the merciful, blessed are the pure in heart, blessed are the peacemakers. But verse number 6 is different. It does not say, blessed are the righteous. It says, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. For they shall be filled. Righteousness, it can't be come by within your flesh. You can't attain unto it in your flesh. But you are blessed when there's a constant hunger and thirsting. For more of him, Lord, I need you. I need you and I thank you and I give you praise. There is no more greater refreshing than to be reminded of how merciful God is. There is no greater, there is no greater purifying of your soul than to be reminded again that had it not been for the grace of Almighty God, you and I would not stand here today. Oh, hallelujah. It brings us right back to where it all started. The fulcrum of all time and eternity. An old rugged cross where a lamb was slain from the foundation of the world. Worthy is the lamb. Worthy is the lamb. Worthy is the lamb. He is the righteousness of God. Not me, not you, not our works. He is the righteousness of God. And I, and I want you to understand how this operates. Don't anybody walk out of here and think that I suggested or that this Bible suggested that works of righteousness are not important. Because they are. And that's just what the fruits of righteousness are. The fruits of righteousness are the fruits that flow from the righteousness of God being imputed into you and I. Righteous works are an automatic result of you understanding what real righteousness is. Fruits of righteousness don't flow from people who think that their personal righteousness has anything to do with their salvation. Love for your neighbor doesn't flow when you think that you're better than your neighbor? No, no, no. Fruits of righteousness come when you realize that the way he loved you is how you have to love others. We, like, we, we created a little category, and we call it self-righteousness. Anybody ever heard of self-righteousness? Anybody? I, need, I do need to see a show of hands now. Has anybody ever heard of self-righteousness? I have too. It's not in the Bible. It's not in the Bible. The Bible does not describe self-righteousness. It does not call it self-righteousness. 
there are two categories, righteousness and unrighteousness. We created a third category to kind of qualify when we are unrighteous but in a religious way. And we call it self-righteousness. God didn't. God just called it right unrighteousness. There's the righteousness of God, which is Jesus Christ, and all else is unrighteousness. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? No, no, you're not self-righteous. You're unrighteous. Jesus is righteous. I'm not self-righteous. I'm unrighteous. Jesus alone is righteous. And if I want to be righteous, I have to be in him. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. You want to get safe? You've got to be in the name. And when you get in the name and you understand what's happening, you're not going to be in there saying, look at how righteous I am because I got in the name. Look at how righteous I am because I did what I was told to do and you're so unrighteous. No, 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 no. When you truly understand what's going on, you're going to get in that name and for the rest of your life, you're going to say, thank you, Lord, that there's a strong tower that I can rest in, that I can find refuge in. Let's lift up our hands to God and give Him praise for He is righteous and He is holy and He is worthy of all our praise. Come on, I need somebody to praise Him today like He's holy. Come on, somebody needs to praise Him today like He's worthy. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, let's worship Him today like He's a mighty God. Like he's worthy to be praised. Like he's worthy to be praised. Like he's worthy to be praised. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know what righteousness is? Righteousness is me in him and him in me. That's where true fruitfulness comes from. Is me in him and he in me. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's stand to our feet right now. Do you know what the Bible said? The Bible said, if any man abide in me, and my words abide in him, the same shall bear much fruit. Glory to God. Shall bear much fruit. Don't, don't, try, to, don't try to create some kind of plastic fruit. I remember standing in Bob Evans one day. And I was looking at their mural that they had on the wall. And I so appreciated it. Because the apple that was being featured, it was dented and scratched and discolored. And it wasn't that big, red, shiny, candy-looking apple thing. That sometimes the marketers will show you saying, look at how perfect our apples are. But it showed you a real life, organic, nature grown apple. And I thought, that's, that's the way the church ought to be. We're not gonna, we don't create some kind of plastic fruit, some kind of plastic Christianity that says we've got We've never had any problems and we've never had any flaws and we've never had any challenges and we've never had any dents or scrapes or bruises. No, 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 no. This is the real thing. All of us are sinners saved by grace through faith. Hallelujah. We do not, listen, don't misunderstand me. We do not revel in the things we used to do. We're not proud of the things we used to do, but we also don't run from the fact that he brought us out of a dark and a lonely pit. And he lifted us up out of the muck and the miry clay. And he placed us upon a rock. And he washed us and he cleansed us and he sanctified us. Hallelujah. And he regenerated us. Don't ever forget the pit from whence you came. Hallelujah. I need somebody who knows what it's like to be pulled up out of a pit to lift up your hands and give God praise like he did it yesterday. 
Come on, come on. We're not proud. We're not proud like we did something great when we came to God. We're just thankful. We're humbly grateful. Oh, God, it's not by my works, but by your works that I'm saved. Not of works of righteousness which we have done, but by the kindness and the love and the mercy of God. Hallelujah. I need a, I need a spirit of gratitude right now just to sweep over us right now. Come on, let Thanksgiving sweep over us right now as we sing unto the Lord and we praise His name. Come on, let a spirit of gratefulness come upon you right now. I need you to go back to Calvary in your heart and in your mind. Go back to that old rugged cross. Hallelujah, where it all first started. Go back to where it all first began. And say, Lord, I thank you. 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 Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, I need somebody who remembers what it was like when you thought the wrath of God would descend on you at any moment because you knew you deserved it. And now you've lived for the Lord a little while and you think you don't deserve it. I'm going to tell you, it's only the mercy of God that we stand in this place. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, let righteousness, pure righteousness get a hold of you again. Come on, fall in love with the kindness and love of God again. Let it permeate the way you treat people. Let it get into your hands. Let it get into your words. Come on, let it get into your actions. Let it get into your expectations. The kindness and the love and the mercy of the Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Righteousness in you right now. Let him put righteousness in you right now. Righteousness, righteousness. 